You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey everyone and welcome back to Page to Stage, a conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. That's Mary. To put it simply, we're both theater nerds. So let's pull back the curtain and get a glimpse at the artist's process while creating their art. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Alejandro. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good, man. Good to see you, Brian. Thanks for joining you. us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, We're trekking up all the way up to In the rain, no less. Oh, in the rain. It was not too bad of a trek. I mean, Jersey City is like... At this point, it's like the other Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's like, it's pretty easy to get into Midtown. Yeah. yeah but this was like a 40 minute commute. It wasn't bad at all. So Alejandro, you're on the new TV show in New Amsterdam right now. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's good, man. It's a, it's been a, it's a cool little ride that I've been on. You guys I, are wrapped on season one. We're wrapped on season one. We get back to season two, cameras up uh, mid-July. I don't know the exact date, but I do know it's mid-July. Yeah. And it's been a cool uh, little process. I was supposed to be on... Like, I remember I first got it back in August, I believe, of last year. I was just slated. I was supposed to leave to do a play at Yale Rep. And then I ended up dropping out of the play, like, two days before. For, for, oh, uh, yeah, first yeah. I remember seeing you over the summer. And yeah. you said you were going to Yale. Yeah, and that was, like, the plan. And then I ended up dropping out. And I got this uh, role. And it was supposed to be, like, three episodes. That was it. Like, three episodes recurring. I ended up turning to 15 episodes. And I was in the season finale. That's wild. Yeah. it's And it's it was the first season of this show. So I was very lucky because, like, a lot of, like... It, had this had been like the third or fourth season, it might not have gone that way. Yeah, just because it's the first season of a of a new show, and they're trying to figure things out. 
and like how to put this thing together. Like, who can we add into the world of the show? You know, they ended up liking me because like, very, very much TV. Did you uh, make relationships with the writers right off the yeah. bat? Yeah, I mean, not initially. I mean, I did three episodes at first, and then I guess ended up um, coming back on. Like, I, I did three episodes. Like, hey, you're great. The producers like me, and a lot of the producers also are writers. So they ended up just writing me in like little things here, little things here, maybe a bigger episode here, maybe a little more episode. It's like always like keeping me like putting me like in here, like little pockets of episodes and just, you know. You were happy to come back? Yeah, I was happy to come back, happy to get that paycheck. And I was also happy to be like more like the fabric of the show. And now uh, season two. So when you originally signed on to the project, what was your, were you just like a guest star? I was a recurring guest star for three episodes, which is what I've been the whole. And uh, did you uh, get a formal change to that? as you progressed in the season or i mean i was i was always recurring episode like the same kind of like race okay um i mean season two i don't know yeah fingers crossed oh so you don't know if you're coming back for season two i am coming back oh you are okay okay. in in what capacity i don't know what capacity like am i gonna be a recurring guest again might be like a little wood you know <laughs> knock on glass knock on wood. or whatever <laughs> you know. um i don't know i mean i like being on the show i love that team i love the writers i love the crew i love the the other people in the cast it's a great time um they really it, it really just kind of had like a really good rapport from them from the start it was just really fun really easy going i never feel nervous on set like it's always great i there's sometimes i've been on some other shows i'm like like super tense yeah and, you know but it's been a really cool uh cool opportunity thus far so <clears throat> jumping back uh, to I guess like the beginning of your training and career what did you do right after high school did you uh, know that you wanted to be an actor right out of high school how did you uh, find your way I, I had no idea what I wanted to do I was kind of like a bad kid in high school <laughs> like I guess like didn't go to class uh, you know smoke some weed in like the parking lot doing gym class you know like <laughs> And they got like suspended a few times. I guess I didn't really have any direction. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Did you do any of the school shows? Were you involved in the arts at any point in high school? Yes, I mean I did. I uh, I'm right. I was. Uh, I did a lot of break dancing and like dance training in high school, and I was a break dancer in the production of Footloose. That my That's high school great. dancing in Footloose. Yeah, yeah. That was a, a, that was a cool production. Was I'm cool. sure. Yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was okay. Um, um, <laughs> it was it, a high school. show. It was a high yeah. school show, and it was cool. And I I, I knew that when I was a kid, I always liked performing. I knew that I always liked doing things in front of people and like performing and all that stuff. But I didn't really know that this could be like a feasible career. Wait a, you know what I mean? Yeah, make a living. I, I was like, oh, they'll do this for fun. Yeah. You know, then I'll go, like, be an accountant or something like that. Or I'll go, like, be, like, a gym teacher or something like that. Yeah. Now, there's anything wrong with those things. It's just, like, that's what I thought, like, everybody did. And, like, the people that were, like, famous, they were, like, famous since forever. And, like, that's what they were. They grew up child stars. Yeah, grew up child stars. It just happened. Like, it just happened, you know. Um, but, no, I graduated high school, barely. Um, and you went to a community college mm-hmm. right off the bat? Went to Mercer County Community College uh, in Trenton, where I'm from. I'm originally from Trenton, New Jersey. Um, go Jersey. Go Jersey. Um, I went there and I was kind of like fumbling my way a little bit. Uh, I was kind of a little bit undeclared. But then I met a teacher there named Jody Person, who I think is still there to this day. And he like kind of like really like just changed my life a little bit. Like he uh, he was a theater teacher at this community college. And then I did a production of I was in community college and I was like 19. I did a production that my first year there, I did a production of Head of Gabbler. I did a production of Dive in America, in. part one. Like, wow. like he, like he like, threw this, Whoa. like this heavy stuff at us, 
And I never like, took an acting class. And like, I'm not going to say the productions were any good. Maybe like I look back at them now, like, oh, it was terrible. But like the point was, it wasn't, I guess, from that standpoint, that early on in like training, um, which I still, you know, I should try to get back to that mindset sometimes because sometimes I'm not. But I, it wasn't... It, it wasn't a matter of it was good or bad, you know. It was just a You're matter. Just going for it. Just going for it. It was just a matter of like just seeing what worked and just being bold and trying new things and risking. And he believed in risking a lot, which is like something that I learned from him. Just playing and it didn't like don't worry about right or wrong right now. You know, there's only like stronger or there's only stronger, stronger. Were That's you it. a theater major at that point? Uh, I was like a little. Uh, I was still kind of undeclared. I had a lot of theater classes, but I didn't declare a major. I also like had to finish up my gen eds there too, mm-hmm. but I think toward the end of my second year, cause I only did two years there. At the end of my second year, going into getting my associates, I had a feeling that I wanted to do it. I didn't really know of any schools to apply to. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be in or around New York, and I found Montclair State because Montclair State for me was like it was in New Jersey, but it was far away. It state was like school. It was a state school. State they gave tuition. me some good money. It was far away enough from home. But not too far. I was still in the same state. I was like, you know, if I wanted to go home to my mom's house or whatever, I was like an hour and a half train right away. It's nothing. Um, so I ended up choosing there, and then I ended up becoming a theater major there because I had all my gen eds out of the way at Mercer County Community College. And then I started as a uh, – I did two years there, and I started as a sophomore there. Uh, in Montclair State, is that a liberal arts BFA program or is it like more conservatory? Well, I think it. I think it's changed a lot since you were there from when I Correct. started the program. It's not a conservatory program right now, but it's definitely it's definitely more conservatory based. Yes, uh, I think when I went there, it was. Um, I think the idea of creating, like, I don't know, you've been on Montclair's campus, that big beautiful life hall that it is now. Oh yeah, that right, yeah. was like my last year. 2012 2013 was that whole year like that whole area was like fences blocked off construction they were beginning to make that building my final year so a lot of like the conservatory based training like the way they're going now uh this like more conservatory based acting school um they were beginning to experiment with that idea when and even, i was like there. curriculum wise yeah it's, it's much different it's much different now i mean and even when i was leaving they were they were doing more. They were adding yeah. more to it. So. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's cool. from what I gather, it's a very like movement based. Yeah, program we have now. six semesters of movement. Yeah, now. that's cool. You Which, have movement, what did you guys have? You had movement from sophomore year to senior year. We had movements because I find that it was a huge part of my training movement. Yeah, it, and it's it's become a big part of my process as an actor, preparing for roles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm wondering for you, since you did a whole different curriculum, we've if had, that was we've the had case. two years of movement. That was it. I mean, that was like that was a big, a big thing before movement was just like a year yeah yeah before us but we were like the first one to have more than one year so it's two years of movement i mean my perspective my time there i was there from i started 2010 and i left in 2013 i did like six semesters there i did six i did three years and as a transfer i think it was a little weirder for me Mm -hmm. um because um and also because somebody who didn't have formal training i mean like i think it's different from now but like when i was there uh, I had a, a lot of my classmates 
or people in the BFA acting program, they had gone to like pretty well-known, established performing arts high schools, and I didn't have that luxury. I, I never, I didn't know what the hell a fucking sorry. I didn't know what. Oh no, yeah, curse. I didn't know what a curse. fucking like you know a acting beat was from like you know dropping like a beat. Like, poof, 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 poof. And I, I didn't know what the hell that shit was. So like everything, and I think I benefited from the, my lack of knowledge so much because I soaked just, everything up. And you probably but, just had this like carefree attitude. I just, just wanted to learn. Say fuck so it and just I go just, for it. I never had acting training. Any, sorry. I mean, I had like, like you know, like basic He's stuff at community stuff college, like, like just like you know, like just trying things out, not really knowing what I was doing, but like a structural acting school, a structural curriculum, I didn't have prior to Montclair, so I really like embraced that a lot, um, and and it worked for me. I mean, it, it was the same thing. I think um, uh, I had a lot of teachers there. Um, there was a teacher that she's not there anymore. You might have heard of her. Remember, you ever hear the name Julie Lawrence dropped by any no. chance? No. Julie Lawrence was the fucking godsend. She was. <laughs> she teaches at, she thinks she's one of the head acting teachers at Pace now in the undergrad program. But she was so great. Uh, the for My very first semester there, when I first got there, literally like my first weekend, I got cast in the show. I got cast in The Seagull. Um, mm-hmm. I was, you know this show? Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. Mev- yeah. I was Medvedenko. Oh, the nice. teacher who lives in love with Masha. Yeah. And uh, as, I was like, as you know, every. 19 year old yes yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that that role i i i it was a beautiful production i got that like first week out of the bat there and like she was great because she was very much an actor's director and like she talked to me in ways that i, I could understand because i was still a relatively young actor but i knew that i had like some like natural ability that i could like you know harness or whatever so um yeah i mean uh she was a, and i had a shakespeare with her had check out with her um she's one of the best acting teachers i've ever had Julie Lawrence. She went to Yale School of Drama. She was awesome. So, okay, so you were at Montclair State for six semesters or so. So what was the first thing after graduating? I had no idea. I had no idea. Like, like a lot. I had yeah. the showcase. I had got like a little, like, well, he's not going to name this person, but Some I had this little shitty agent that I had that they sucked. And they sent me out on like two auditions and like over the span of like the year I was with them, I can remember, I can count on two fingers the two auditions i went on that was at first my first two years out of undergrad at montclair so i was like really like what do i do i had no idea what to do i had no idea how to get into doors i had no idea like who to know who to talk to i, I just was really lost was actors theater of louisville your yeah, next step that was the next step uh i think i i was looking into grad school i was also looking into which i still kind of look at sometimes but you know i think that's I'll, I'll get to that yeah, yeah, yeah. part in a little bit. You're hitting your stride right now. Yeah, I mean... I, You're working I, and getting some hands-on experience that you wouldn't get in the classroom. No, you wouldn't get... And that's the thing. And that's where I where just segue that into Actors Theater. I think that was a really huge beneficial thing for me because I auditioned for that program. I got in. I was there the 2015-2016 season at Actors Theater of Louisville in the professional training program. That's That really... That, to me, for you know all of the work that I've had consistently since graduating has been a direct result of me going to that program hands down i uh, i got in front of the right people uh it's a you know it's 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 actors theater of louisville the 20 award winning theater they're the home of humana festival it's, it's the greatest new play festival in america hands down nobody will argue that and i did a show there i did a show at humana festival and then they saw the professional training company showcase and my agent who i have now who's awesome hardin curtis kirsten riley they saw me there and they loved me and they signed me and like that was that that was the thing i knew that like a lot of this business is not there's so many talented people that we know 
uh, in the business. And some people are, you know, perhaps whatever you gauge in your mind and success are doing better than others. And it's not because that person who's doing less good is any bad. They just don't know the right people. And it's all about where do you where do you where do the puzzles fit? Yeah, it's who you know. It's all you know networking. It's which all about that. Sometimes I don't like to use that word, no. but <clears throat> I mean it's a thing. That's that. That's what accuracy taught me to help me. Like necessarily, like I knew that I was good at what I did. I just needed to have a better network. I needed to have like a better foundation. Foundation and people that your I knew. Pe- your a people. Circle. Yeah, a circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I and I came out of there with a circle of people and people who vouched for me because my my uh, my agent ended up hooking me up with my manager now and they work together really well. So it's all good. And so did, I'm assuming you felt more supported with, with your agent and now your your new manager. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Which is, makes um, you, I feel like, from what I've heard from other people, it gives you confidence that maybe you didn't or you wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah, it gives it, yeah, a lot of confidence. Um, I, mean, I, I They're really great um, uh, people. Like my agents, you know, they're very, they're very well established, very well regarded in New York. And my manager is a pretty, like... He's got some pretty nice big names on his list, and that makes you feel. I mean, you know, you you not you may not be as successful as those people on his list, but like you feel that you feel validated. Like, oh, I'm like this guy I see all the time on TV. This person, he's like, getting people appointments. This is a famous person. We have the same manager. Me and this famous person, like, mm-hmm. and like he, they must think that I'm somewhat good. And then you look at like the people that are like famous that they represent my manager, and I realize like there's like there's two people in particular. That I realized when I was talking to my manager, they he's my manager has represented them for like fifteen years, and it's just like it's working out with them, and it's just like I like my manager because uh, they're very much about they're very supportive and they're very much about being there for the long haul, mm, investing. They're invest yeah when they like because they only have, they have a very small client list. My manager has about represents thirty eight people. It's pretty small. Uh, that's great you get the attention and yeah and like they invest into everybody like that we're not we're signing you on but we're signing you on because we believe in you in the long haul you know we're not going to represent you just for one two three years we're going to represent you for the next 10 years you know that's awesome yeah so what was once you signed with them what was the first thing like moving forward because you know a lot of your credits recently have been uh film tv right yeah so um, when you left Louisville, what did you make the decision to go more for film TV rather than stage with your manager? And, you know, and it, it just kind of fell that way. Yeah. Um, after Louisville, I did the non-equity company at Williamstown. And uh, I understudied a show there at Williamstown. And I did another show as part of the non-equity, the non-equity company that had their own season of shows. And so, you, so were you non-ec at that time? Yeah, I okay. was not. Yeah, the non-equity company, there's the apprenticeship and there's the non-equity company. The non-equity company consists of like a lot of like, it's about like 12, 13 kids and they're like, most of them all are doing summer sack because during the year they go to grad school. They're from like Juilliard, Yale, NYU, <laughs> Brown. And like, there's only like four kids who are like not, not from the grad schools. And I was in like, that one circle. Of them. Yeah. And, um, which is like another thing, because it was funny because I knew a lot of those kids because I saw them in the grad school circuit, like auditioning for other things. So I recognized a lot of them. I mean, grad school is great. I mean, I, I my my girlfriend now, she went to the MFA at Brown Trinity Rep, and uh, which is a great program. She's yeah. very good. But even I asked her about I think about grad school, and she's like, one, you don't need it. You don't need it. Um, you got like it's it's it's. Grad school is like a thing, or it's like it's a double-edged sword. Like you might be in a lot of debt, 
<laughs> oh yeah. And we've been a lot of fucking debt. Oh yeah. But you talk. <laughs> and with acting, it's just some of the things. It's just like I mean, I've seen. I've worked with people who are, went to those schools, and some of them are really, really, really talented. Like a great, really great. And there's other people that worked with from the same programs that kind of fucking suck. To be honest, they they like they they're not good. Well, I think it also is. It depends on what your goal is. Mm. You know, if you want to continue to network, yeah. if you want to continue to meet people in yeah. ways that you might not have that opportunity, mm. grad school is definitely a path. It's definitely that's a path. at least, I mean, I didn't go for, I'm not a performer, but yeah. for my master's program, like that's what sure. I wanted. Sure, sure. Was to, to meet a different circle of people. Yeah, that's, and that's like completely valid. But yeah, I mean, but it's also like, I think a lot of people who try to go to the grad school for acting. They try to go with this idea that they're going to be guaranteed a career afterwards, and that's not the case. Like, there's people who, and I have I have friends who've worked right off the bat. I got out of grad school. I have another friend who's, you know, he went to he went to the MFA program at NYU, one of the best in the country. He gets booked his first job in four years. Wow. You know, and it's just like nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. You know, it's like you don't. You can't put too your many eggs. things at play. There's too many things at play, and it's it's about like you know it's about you know and especially like a, a lot of people on my agent roster, my agents roster, my managers off offer um roster. They um they went to the, those grad schools, and some of them are working, and some of them are not. But like the way I look at it is like I'm on their roster, I'm just as good as they are. You know, I'm like I don't have to like, you know. And you could also I. I don't think that there's necessarily a right time for to go back to school if that's a choice you make. I mean, you yeah. you, you could decide in ten years time that maybe that you wanna yeah you wanna go back for and, and you, yeah, yeah sure. it's a, you you can do it whenever people do it right after right after undergrad. You can do it when you're fifty yeah. or forty. It's you know it. I don't. I, it doesn't matter. Like I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. Personally, me, I don't agree with going to grad school right after undergrad. I think it's just like you've been in school for them. You're going to be yeah. in school for the next seven years. Like, what kind of life experience can you really teach me? You've been in a bubble for almost a decade. Like, I think it's go out, like, leave undergrad, go out and audition, have some success, have some, some failure, eat some shit, fall on your face, and then go back. And then, because you have like this, now you have this gravitas that you didn't have before when you were just going to go straight out of undergrad. You have like this life experience, this weight that. No acting school or acting um, program can really teach you as good as, as they may be. Like, there's just something about life that's just going to give you this weightedness, this like, earthiness. Like working on a set for the first time, I'm sure you learn so yeah. much more yeah. than a, t- a class can teach Dude, you. I've learned so much. This is, I don't want this to be like a knock on any of my school. Yeah. But like, to just practical um, training. And just learning how to be on set when there's like a camera here and a camera there and there's 40 people here and there's extras over here and there's a director telling your face and there's a person putting makeup on your face and then you're trying to look at your sides because you have a big monologue. Get it, and you get just it. got it last night. And you, just, and you just got it last night. <laughs> I just got it 15 <laughs> minutes ago. I got it 15 minutes ago. You know? And then like you're looking at it and you're just like, <sighs> and you're just trying to breathe and center yourself and focus and just try to let all the distractions go. Just be in your element. You know, there's some, that itself, you know, is going to teach you how to handle things under pressure. Like, I think theater, you have a lot... People always say, like, yes, theater, you don't get as paid as much as you do in TV. TV, you get money. But, like, in <laughs> theater, not so much. But I do think there there is a luxury to theater. Like, you have four weeks of rehearsal. Like, I would love to have four weeks of rehearsal. I can just, you know, do the work, go home, look at it, you know, at night, maybe watch some Netflix, go to sleep, go to the gym, 
Go back to work the next day for four weeks. That's great. I'm not. I, I don't feel any pressure to learn my lines. Four weeks is great. When you have like you know forty minutes to learn your lines, that's different. And you have all these moving parts. You gotta hit. You gotta stay in frame. You gotta hit your mark here. You gotta look here at this moment. That's a lot of information. Would you say or could you say that the training that you received in school gave you foundation to then be able to handle the added pressure that that you found on set? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. Yes, but I also think there's things that I just think there's things you just can't learn. You just of can't course. learn no, of in the, that life in experience. Yeah. That life experience. But it's also like this being on a set of like a major television show that's as popular as New Amsterdam. That is a prime time and a major network that's that's that that's shown nation globally, globally streamed. That's when you look at that's that's like that's a lot of pressure. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you can, it's easy to block that up. But what I, what I'm, I think what I'm trying to say is that like knowing where to hit your mark, your eye line, stuff like that, these like little things that like how to be, not how to act, how to be in front of a camera. That's something I don't think that schools teach you, acting schools teach you. And I don't think it's something that they can teach. I think it's something that you have to do repeatedly and fail at and then just get better over time. Was there anyone on that show that that helped you in any part of that or was it truly just you learning or was there a part of you that was kind of watching what a co-star or another person was doing it was a little bit of both because i had done on camera stuff before mm-hmm. and like i had like learned from like other actors and like just you know seeing like you can literally just like talk like this you know really soft and really whisper and like people can barely hear you like don't check it all because the mic's gonna pick it up the mic's gonna pick you can mumble all you want the mic's gonna pick it up you don't have to project, you know? <laughs> so it saves your your, yeah. your, your voice a little so bit. So <laughs> voice, yeah. So I would, like, see myself in earlier, like, things that I did on camera, like, on, like, a CBS show or whatever. And I'm, like, talking really loud. I'm just, like, oh. It's, like, ugh. Cringy. It's, like, really <laughs> and no one cringy. Gave you, like, no one gave you feedback? I'm, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, they don't care because they're just trying to move this thing along. And it's, like, if it was, like, a, like, a, like a, if it was, like, a major television show, like, like on the HBO, they'd be, like, turn that shit down. But, like, <laughs> but, um, and I take a bunch of on-camera classes, too. Truly, I do truly believe that uh, a lot of things for on camera, like that, it's just, it's not about like bad acting, good acting. It's just a matter of like, you know, not a smaller quality, I say it's a softer quality, but like that's something you're not going to get unless you do it a bunch of times. It's repetition, 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 repetition. So, like, with yeah. all that added pressure, do you even feel like you can act? You know, do you even feel like when when it comes time to actually say the lines that you're actually, you know, a character and and using what you've learned in school or just experience and just like doing acting? <laughs> I think I think um, I think for because it could camp- be so overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, um, um, there's like okay, the West Coast like uh, we we in a lot of acting school and a lot of undergrads especially and just schools in general for acting. A lot of them talk about character, like working on character and mm. stuff like that. When you're in the, when you're like doing like a 22 episode show on a major television network, uh, to be frank, nobody gives a fuck about character. Nobody cares. You get like the thing, and that's the thing about a lot of television. It's yourself. It's yourself. Much. It's yourself. Like the thing about like television is about relationship work. It's not about character work. Nobody gives a shit about your character work. Unless it's like HBO or like Netflix, or unless like, you're playing some like really kooky, you know, far really away kooky, from like, you, far world. But like something in like a medical procedure, like the what 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 makes the 
medical procedurals like New Amsterdam or like House or like Grey's Anatomy or not even like just like you know what some other procedural shows like crime shows or whatever. What makes the show so popular is because people love the individual person. They love the personalities. And that's the main thing. If I see those shows, like when you go on audition for shows like that, they don't care about the character you want to bring. They want to go in there and see that you're the guy. You go in there and be you. And just like, and if you, who you are individually, is what they th- that is going to fit the picture of the show, and that's great. You know, like I think it's important to like forget about character work, know the relationship, know who you're talking to, and uh, that will manifest itself. So Brian had said earlier, or had asked earlier, if you, you know your relationship with the writers, and that's something that I didn't even realize was a thing for for TV actors. Mm-hmm. So how did you go about that? It's funny because I, I learned uh, that. A couple months ago, I heard this saying, it's like, uh, TV is a writer's medium, hmm. theater is an actor's medium, film is a director's medium, and like, like it's, film is, television is very much based on what the writers want. I think it's it's very good to develop a good rapport, and obviously they can write you into more stuff, but it's also because, especially for a show that is, that is as new as New Amsterdam, um, they really... If they like you, what they do is that they really, they trust you and they write for you. They get to know who you are as a person. They get to know who you are and like talk to you and they get to recognize how you speak and, you know, I guess in everyday life. So they'll write according to how you, the individual, not the actor, speaks. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. They'll write for you. So that's what kind of fits into what you were saying with like, you don't really need to focus on the character because it's their writing and your voice anyway. They're writing for you. It's all all about personalities, especially in television like that. It's being a bold personality. So, and I want to get your take on this. Sure. So we, we discovered that, that it seems like you or your character has become a fan favorite. Oh, yeah. We were on, like, I, well, I was on, like, Reddit. <laughs> I was, like, looking. They were really so on Reddit? Yeah. I was on Reddit. What? They, they, think, they love crazy. you. They think you're so sweet. Cool. That's yeah. Nice. Okay, so clearly you had no Shout idea. Shout out to those so, Reddit. I have no idea. But I'm, we're, not, I'm we're, very we're, social media not savvy. Okay. So I guess I'm curious. Is, so I, I'm assuming now you didn't, you're just finding this out for the first yeah, time, which is definitely. amazing. <laughs> So do you do you think that the creators have that in mind and maybe like that's why they're writing more They've for got, you? Like oh, yeah. I couldn't it's... imagine them not be surveying and doing focus groups. I mean, when they do <laughs> these big primetime shows, there's focus groups. Dude, NBC has the hugest focus group. I yeah. mean, they got they have New Amsterdam testing your, your chemistry with us. all these people. And... They 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 gauge this stuff. It's important, you know. They look at who says this and who says that, and like it, it definitely comes into play because they want they want to make sure that you know people are going to watch, watch and, and they, they invest in what they're yeah, doing. They invest in their money and they want to make money. So, you know, so it's, it's true. Do you think that is? Do you think that offers some added pressure for you? No, because I don't. He I, didn't even know about it. I don't, well, okay, I don't so know about it. I, I mean, I, that's the thing. I like, uh, especially since the the show has been like. So I was at the gym today. I was going to Orange Theory today. I go to Orange Theory all the time in Jersey City. Shout out to Orange Theory. I was, uh, I went to my class today and this girl went out of class and like, I'm over there on like the rower, do my rower thing and I get off the rower and like, it's like a break in between the next exercise and like, she's like getting like the water fountain. She's just like, I'm sorry, you, you're on New Amsterdam, right? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, we love you. Like, we love, like, it's a great show. We love it. And I didn't, so it was just like crazy because I like, it, it's always shocking to me because I try not to pay attention to all that stuff because I can get like neurotic, like Ugh, you know. I just try to just like stay in my lane and just focus on my stuff. But it's it's uh, it's amazing because like I didn't know how many people love that show. Yeah, like it's super popular, and it's like but like yeah. I think we talked about the added pressure thing. Um, 
I've been binge watching it. Really? And I, I love it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I don't understand. First of all, I'm not really a medical person. I have a lot of medical people in my family. So, I, like, when I go home for holidays, it's all I hear. And it's confusing to me. <laughs> but for some reason, it's so easy to follow. The best way to describe, if you want to take ER and This Is Us had a baby, it's New Amsterdam. Hold on to that yeah. for future it, it, interviews. It, it, it's, it's ER. It's like the core of it is ER, but it's sprinkled with a little bit of the, of This Is Us. That like the, heart. That heart. I mean, because like, I mean, like, think about it. Like, what's right before on Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock is New Amsterdam. What's on at 9 o'clock? This is us. You tell oh. us. Because okay. I don't actually watch, I don't TV. watch TV. It's it's yeah. I I I, noticed, I, I realize it because like we talked about like you know focus groups. NBC did that by design. It's on purpose. Like 9 p.m. Oh, is totally. This is us. Right after that, hook you is right in. Because it's gonna hook you right in, and that's their whole like tearjerker hour. Tuesday night is that block of like tearjerker shows. <laughs> wow. Just grab your tissues and yeah. <laughs> there you go. So walk us through a day on set. What. What do you do? You wake up. I wake uh, a day on set. I wake up sometimes really, really early, too early. There's been times where I had to be on set at like five thirty in the morning, and I live in Jersey City, and I gotta be on set like Mount Vernon, and probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at five thirty. Are you guys filming in New York? We do. We oh. um the Mount Vernon section for next season is gone, but it was very much so alive in this past um this past first season i would appreciate no spoilers because i have not finished the season sure i'm not gonna i am not gonna say <laughs> yeah. and for our listeners <laughs> sealed my lips are sealed yeah so we it was like i would get up at like sometimes if i was like i take the path i take the, the train all the way up to the one stop on 96th street there's a van that takes you yeah it drives you up to mount vernon but if i was feeling like bougie some days i would just take lift. a i would just get a lift right to 96 so i was like it's four in the morning i don't feel like waiting for this damn train I'm going to take a lift. So I would do that. They get there. When you get there on set, they take you to the dressing room, ask you if you want anything to eat, breakfast. I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Some really good food it's on like set. A, um, it's like, some of it's some of it's good. Okay. <laughs> no, Maybe not some, New Amsterdam. Some I don't of know. It's like, some of it's like a little funky, but some of it's good. Like I'll get like I'll get like an egg sandwich in the morning. I'll get like a green juice or whatever. I don't, I don't like to eat too much. Yeah. Because I don't want like, to weigh down and stuff like that. It feels weird. I'd, uh, I'd go there. Um, would you have had your script already? Yeah, there was, I, I, I would. I get the scripts like yeah, because um, you guys are week to week, right? Yeah, I get the scripts like and shooting as you're airing. Or yes, pretty, yes, yeah. Um, I would get, I would get the scripts at least a week and a half in advance. That's nice. And there's a table read too. So oh, cool. Read, yeah, there's always a table That's read great. each episode, which is nice. How many changes though? Between the table read to... um, and while you're while you're shooting. <laughs> not too much for this season and for me not too much there is like little things but i think because there's changes like i'll get like like first drafts i'll get like a final final draft like the day before the table read but i'll get drafts before and i'll read it but then i think and there's changes of each draft and then the final draft most of the time when it's the final draft i get email that we do at the table read it's gonna stick that way uh maybe like the, like on set the because the writer's there they're like cross out like a sentence or like a line or something like that and all that kind of stuff and so what do you do to prepare just do my warm-up maybe i'll do like a little like a couple push-ups like like just rest do some yoga breathing things and i'll get in my costume then i'll come they'll have me go to the makeup trailer and get my makeup done get those fake tattoos that i have on 
Um, which like you, you, you got a lot fake? of. I mean, I have my real tattoos here, but like most, but yeah, the have, majority like of them. So honestly, right? yeah. do you think that that was a, a piece of you that they just took and, uh, you know, went a little further with? When I first like when I first saw the breakdown, when I first saw the breakdown, they wanted like a guy who like might have a tattoo, yeah, low two, kind of like a more like working class guy. So I was like, all right. So I went in. I went to my audition. I had like a, this blue shirt. And I had it open, so I have a tattoo on my chest you here. You see that? In there. So I kind of show that a little bit. And rolled up my sleeves. You can see these here. And just did the uh, the audition. And it worked. It was great. And um, uh, they guess, I think, the first day, like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to keep these more? We have like, a whole bunch of, like, stencils that we want to use. I'm like, yeah, put them on me. So I guess all the tattoos I put on, like, were the ones that were available and the ones that I guess I ended up, you know, putting on myself. So how long does that take? Um, when it first out. started, it was a little longer, but now it's like it's like 15 minutes. I think that's so, so encouraging, though, for an actor to hear that the breakdown originally didn't have like a guy just tatted no, up. No, you know, because some people look at those breakdowns and they're like, "Oh, I don't fit that," and they wouldn't go for that role, or their mm-hmm. agent might not submit them for that role. Mm-hmm. But you know, it didn't matter for no, you. It, it, you you were the person for that role. It just yeah, it just it was it's so weird how it all comes together because like I don't think people realize how hard it is for to like have everybody like be on board with you i went in for i had a callback for yeah because no, uh, tv you got all the executives that have to yeah okay it, it also in film too like i had um i put myself on tape for this um no i, I went to gail keller's office who's a great casting director in new york she's mm. wonderful gail keller if you get a chance to go in front of gail keller get in front of gail keller she's wonderful um she brought me in for this uh this new jet apatow movie with um Pete Davidson is a lead, and I went in, and they got called back. And the second time, it was Gail Keller. I read with Pete Davidson. Uh, I Jed Apatow was in the room, and um, I don't think I'm gonna get it. But like my my manager was like, you, they they thought you did great. You're not one of their top choices, but you're definitely in the mix. So okay, that's cool. But so that just goes to show you that there's so many things that like not only does Jed Apatow have to be like he's the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's really great if he is the guy saying that he is the guy, but the 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 the, the film company has to say, yeah, and you've got to work with Pete, who's already it. cast. And Pete has to have a say in it too, because he's one of the writers. You know, the writers have to like. There's so many. There's literally like, there's literally like, sometimes there's up to like, like ten people that have that all have to say yes to you. Like ten people. If nine people say yes. That's not enough. If eight people say yes, five people say yes, seven people say yes, that's not enough. It has to be all ten. It's crazy. That's a lot of that's a lot of stress. It's a lot that's of a stress. lot of pressure. And it, but like it just shows you how much is not in your hands. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not in your hands. Um, so like that can, in a way, depending on on how you choose to look at it, can be. Um, can be relieving. It can be. It can be a weight off your shoulder. Cause it's not about you doing bad. It's just about like there's like there's things like this guy. These ten people have to argue amongst themselves who they like, and that's that's not that's not your control. You're like mm. by the time they're still arguing, you just had another two or three auditions. You got to move on to the next thing. You know, and yeah, it's hard cause... sometimes, especially if it's a project that you really like and you know that you're really good for. It, it, that like you know. <sighs> It's hard still when you don't get that thing like fuck I'm so good for it why didn't I get it damn it damn it damn it. So do you try to not, to not really 
love a, a thing you're going out for until until you get it. Sort I mean, of. Like, it's like inevitable. Like, um, like if you're really excited, you're really I excited about yeah. it. If you don't get it, of course you're going to be upset. But like, I think it rolls off my back a lot quicker these days. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast as I do with um with somebody, and I don't remember who it was. I have somebody in mind, but I don't want to say it. Um, and he was saying that. After he goes in for something, he'll throw away the sides as soon as so it's over. I just throw up, it right away. And that's like a, a release of that into the universe that's like, you know what? I don't have this. It's not a part of me anymore. I've done my job. Yeah. If I need to come back tomorrow, I'll print them out again. Yeah, I'm exactly. surprised they don't like take them back. You get your for... own watermark. They, they, they send you like the PDF uh... of it. Yeah, the watermark ones with your name on it. Makes you feel really official, right? Oh, shit. Like, I'm like a real actor. Cool. But if you Don't lose it, it, they can come after you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's true. Oh, is that why they put the name? Yes. Oh, so if you leak it, then they can come after it's you. It's you. It's you're the oh. one that leaked it. Yeah. 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 It's your responsibility to not That's so let that get out. Yeah. Speaking of script... You know, when you're working on a play, for the most part, unless it's a new work that's like constantly changing, making big changes, there's an overall structure to the play and you know where you're starting and where your character's ending, for the most part. In a show like New Amsterdam, you get that pilot script, you don't know what's going to happen by the end of the season, right? No. Uh, the storyline is like completely, or did you have a, an I mean, outline of where uh, they knew things were going for your character? For this season, I didn't know, but I think the story might be different for next season mm-hmm. i think i'll have more of an idea where things are gonna go but you you definitely don't have the script I don't, for next any for next season no i mean like just ahead of time oh no no no, no. When, I, when it's finished I, I then they give it to me and like, especially because i was recurring i was a recurring guest i wasn't a regular so when you're a regular you're contracted for a certain you're a guaranteed like 15 episodes in the season or like you know 17 18 whatever you're like like, you still had you were like what were you 14 out of the i was guaranteed i was guaranteed three. Oh, right off the bat off the yeah, bat yeah. i was guaranteed only three and then and that's how like, like for most recurring guest stars they get like a three four five episode arc but i mean mine went up to 15 because i guess like they just liked what i did and i guess kept bringing me back bringing so me back, bringing was it just back. like a Every week they would tell you, or would yeah. they just? I would just. Would they I would, reinstate. I would you just for get like pins. I would. I would get yeah. pinned from my agent. Like you're pinned for episode eight, nine, ten, and I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> all right. And then, I, but I wouldn't. Pin doesn't mean that you have it yet. That means that they want you. They're telling you just in case that you are in the outline. When you're pinned, that means you're in the outline of the episode. And then, like, block your schedule. And then, yeah. And then I'll get a, after like, a week after I get pinned, I'll get a call from my agents like they're gonna offer it to you now. Now you're definitely in it. Mm. So it's kind of like your schedule's not your own. You're kind of just floating around. Yeah. But like, I was lucky enough to be on. But like, you're on a TV show on NBC. Yeah, I'm I mean, on a major television show on NBC. So I'm like, oh, whatever, cool. Okay. <laughs> you can pin me. I don't so are you pin me. for season two? Are you are you contracted for another three right now? Um, I don't know. I think that's a good. That's a good question. <laughs> um. I know that the f- camera goes up mid July, and I talk to my agent about it. It's like, what's the deal? What do we move on? Like, as soon as it's literally as soon as of course, it was yeah. done, producers were like, we can't wait to have a any season. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's cool, it's great, I can't wait. Then like, I got, I, I want to see it in writing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I need oh, to it's great. Thank you so much. Where are the no, Thank you. And then I'm just like, <laughs> and then like, I, like, as soon as I walked away, I was just like, okay, I texted my agent like, so like, it's very much the like the showrunner. Like emailed me saying and like you know you're great you added such a unique energy to the show we can't wait to have you back in season two I'm like yeah so <laughs> me too. Um, so I forward it to my agent I'm like so it, it's safe to say that I'm 
coming back next season because the showrunner, the showrunner, if you know the showrunner, the showrunner is the head writer of the show. There's like a writer's room and then you have the showrunner who is the number one writer out of like the four or five other writers that they have. Is that separate from like a producer? The showrunner acts as a producer as well. But the showrunner is like the most powerful writer uh, in the whole show. So I had like the showrunner tell me that we can't wait to have you back. Mm. That's awesome. So So what do you do in between right now? I'm just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. I'm just chilling. <laughs> On this podcast. Are you, are you pursuing uh, theater at all? You know, I've been, I mean, I've been, um, I think acting class right now. And um, I've I've been, it's weird. It's a, it's a good, it's a segue for that. I will say that as. Yeah, I'm working on the segues. So I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, this is smooth, dude. You're, you're good at this. Um, I think that, um, you know, as much as I've been on like some pretty great television shows i have had a trouble being seen for theater in the city because mm. theater is like for better or for worse i have my own opinions on it um my opinions are pretty brutal but i'm not gonna get into it right now but i think the <laughs> theater a, community <laughs> uh in new york for better or for worse i have my opinion i'll share it one day but not now um is very 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 like tight-knit it's a little like it's a little club. It's like a little highbrow. People are like, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I think the theater community sometimes is kind of shallow. Well, not shallow. I think it's very pretentious. People always say a thing about film and TV, which I thought for a while, but I think it's the opposite. I don't think theater, I don't think film and TV is like that. I think theme and TV, when you get down to brass tacks in many ways, can be potentially a little shallow. Not for a bad reason, though, is that they have a, you have to, you have to realize that TV and film, it's not about language. TV and film, especially film, it's about pictures. They call what do they call movies? They call them motion pictures. It's about taking pictures. That's why so many models become actors because they're not maybe the best actresses in the world, but they know how to take pictures. They know their angles. They know when to put their eyes here. They know how to tell a story with angles and eyes. So like, you don't have to be the best actor, but you've had the look they're looking for. And you know how to use your eyes. Boom, you're hired. That's it. You know, we could teach you how to talk later. <laughs> if you know how to use uh, you your know, eyes. and like and like for That's people, you know, and for people who are like. Maybe like theater, 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 super theater train might be like, that's not real acting, man, man. Because like, whatever. It's not supposed to be, though. It's like, it's, I mean, it's a different medium. You have to take it for what it is. And like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But like, it doesn't, there's been so much of like the thing, I think doing so much TV and film, it's been so much of a thing where people's like, oh, like any, I could do that. I could do that. I'm like, well, could you? Because it's hard. The film and TV is a very different animal. It's about taking pictures. It's about and that know, pressure is so different. Just because Scarlett Johansson is not necessarily a good actor on stage, when many people would think she's like she was terrible in Cabaret or whatever, you know, like that's <laughs> people's opinion. She might, yes, yeah, she might not be a great stage actress, but is that to say that she's not a good actress? She's a great actress because she's amazing on film because she knows these little things to do. She knows how to take pictures. She understands the thing in front of her, and that's the camera. It's that's a skill. Yeah, it's using a different part of your brain. It's a different part of your brain. Yeah. It's like it's just little things here that like they don't look like nothing to you and you know you, me and you in real life. But when you have your face superimposed on a huge screen, they look huge. And the fact that she knew how to do this little thing that looks so great on camera and this huge, this huge entire you know TV like sorry this huge entire movie theater that we're watching her face on. That when you see it, when it was actually filmed, it's this little thing that she did. It's brilliant. It's very, it's amazing storytelling. And I don't think, I think some people 
throw film and TV actors, and I did for a while under the bus, where it's like, no, they're very good. It's just a different skill set. It's a different way to work. So you definitely have a different relationship with how you view theater and film now. Yeah, I mean, I used to be like, the, like no, the language, the theater. Da, 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 da. And I think that sometimes, like, I mean, I think the theater sometimes, like, I, and I love theater and I, I wish I was doing it more. And I've been in, like, final callbacks, like, three, four, five final callbacks for, like, off-Broadway plays in the city. And I just didn't go my way. But, you know, I've done really well in a lot of these rooms. But a lot of it's like, you know, it's who you kind of know. A lot of the times, nine times out of ten, these directors for theater, they're hiring their friends. They're hiring their friends, which is, like, crappy, you know. But until, like, so, and, and the way the culture has kind of, like, just the entertainment culture has kind of, like, shifted. It was the, back in the days that like you cut your teeth in theater and you yeah. go, and they'll find, they'll discover you in a play, and they'll put you on a TV show or a film. It's not like that anymore. Chances are, you're gonna book a series regular first before you book a Broadway play. Well, yeah, they keep saying that we're in the golden age of television. We're in the golden so age of television. It, it, it's a very Netflix it's a changed popular... everything. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, streaming has changed everything. Disney like Plus there is coming there, this fall. Disney Plus coming this fall. There is no such thing as pilot season anymore. That's not yeah. a thing anymore because content never stops. It's coming. all year. It's all here. It's like, like you have your pilots for these. Not networks. to be confused with "It's all here," Montclair's slogan. It's all year. <laughs> it's all year. Yeah, <laughs> it's all year. Like it's just like, like there's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's Amazon, there's uh, Crackle, there's I don't even know YouTube, what Crackle even. Is. YouTube, CBS yeah. All Access. Yeah. You know, there's so many different platforms that have their own, like that, like, like. Um, Content will never stop being, you know, developed. Yeah. developed. You know, it's not like it's like, oh, at the end of April, pilot season's done. No, it's going on to like, it's going on. There is no pilot season. It's like auditions all year round. You know, doesn't do you, stop. Do you find that it's as fulfilling for you, one versus the other? You know what? Um, I used to think that I wasn't fulfilled, but like, you know what? I I, <laughs> I, I am now. I am because my my my. I mean, I'm not like rolling in it but like my my, my wallet is your fulfilled. bank account is <laughs> definitely fulfilled it's full more filled. fulfilled than doing an off-broadway play i'll be honest with you were you making two months of an off-broadway play one episode for you, you one day <laughs> one day it's crazy it's and like it's like people think it's like well it's like oh you're doing so much less work and getting paid more i'm like no you're not you it's know what a different though, like, way to work let's have livable wages yeah right yeah because if you break down some of these off-broadway salaries that's not minimum wage. The hours you're putting in is not minimum wage. It's also wage. that New York taxes you at 30%. Yeah. And New York you, tells you, New York and destroys you, get the you with taxes. City tax. Mm hmm. So, so like, you, you make, like, it's supposed to be 800 a week contract. <laughs> Dude, after, like, after you shut out to New York. And your agent. And your agent. Oh, and if yeah. you have a manager. If you have a manager. If you have a ma 10%, 10%, 30%, you're giving away 50% right there. You're going to make maybe 400 bucks a week. You're, you you make more you could you could be working at the signature in New York the signature in New York I guarantee you after taxes and if you have an agent and a manager you're better off staying on unemployment you'll make more on unemployment than you'll do making in an off-broadway play it's crazy that's wild it's you ridiculous know, I give um, a lot of credit to actors man <laughs> I, I don't know if um, one of our professors Heather Benton she yeah. said to me, uh, once she said there's three things that you when you get out in the real world that you want to weigh for yourself to decide if you want to do a project uh, soul uh, is it fulfilling your soul 
is it uh, good for your career or is it money? And if it fulfills two out of the three, then you should go for it. Yeah. That's what she said. Sure. And so I, I, I think that that's really, I agree. Really agree. Cause so there are some way TV shows that I do that are not like when this is fulfilling my soul, but they're fulfilling my career because of the exposure and they're fulfilling my bank account, you know? And yeah. that's in, that's two out of the three and that's important. And like, eventually I, I looked at it. I'm like, I'm going to like, I'm, if I get to play great and I'll obviously do the play, but I'm looking like, like I said, like, once that series regular thing comes around on a successful show, I'm t- I, 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 once you book a series regular on a successful show on a network of Netflix, dude, theaters are gonna off. They're not. You don't have to. I guarantee. Once that happens, I have friends who have done who have booked series regular on certain You're shows. You're gonna be getting offers. They don't have to audition for plays anymore. They don't because they're gonna headline that play because you are the reason why people are gonna come to the show now. You know you don't, they don't you don't have to. It's like it's it's for better or for worse. It's backwards now. You know, if you're a th- you can cut your teeth in theater, every theater in New York for a long time, you might not have a, you might not still have a TV career, but you but you get like a huge TV career, boom, you could do a theater anywhere you want to, and they're gonna pay you whatever you want to. I guess I think I mean I'm pretty crass when I talk, and I'm pretty like bold, but like, I think the one thing that a lot of undergrad uh, theater programs don't do is they they don't teach you the business enough. They like craft is great, acting is great, you know, technique is great. That's all. That's this should be taught throughout your whole time there. But I think a lot of the time they teach you business things in the last year. No, they should teach you. They should start teaching you business things at the minimum the beginning of junior year. I would even say from the beginning, like a, a freshman year. Yeah, I think because that that will help you. Yeah. As you're building your craft over the four years, I to think, have a better understanding. I think it's more beneficial. Like doing a play is great and dandy, but I do think um, I do think it's more beneficial, especially if you want to have the money, a sustainable aspect, career, a sustainable, and you want to make a living off of it. Yes, do, do obviously do plays, work the classics, but also you know maybe take a play out that you're doing a year and like maybe invest money in building a soundstage, like working with the film kids. Working with kids who are directors, who are lighting operators, who are boom people, who are grip people. So you know how it is to be on a set. And you know how it is to, you know, work on TV in a fast-paced environment where you're getting your lines 15 minutes before you have to be on. I think so many programs would, a lot, I mean, if I ran an undergrad program, I'd do that. I'd be like, we're going to like, we're going to do theater, but like, I think I'm going to try to spend at least, at least half of our time with camera work it's so important a lot of people don't have that yeah which they're just bringing into montclair's curriculum which is mm-hmm. pretty cool oh that's awesome which is yeah. good and that's great i think it, that's super beneficial and voiceover voice all that stuff is oh, great. Yeah. another aspect that's that, a different technique because those well. things are going to make you they're going to make you money man they make you money like and like i think it's but also like, i think it'll make you more valuable sounds weird but you'll be a attractive to, to different people because yeah. you have those skills and you have yeah. the experience of, of doing those things yes. so you're not having to learn as you go you have a foundation already yeah exactly exactly you have a, like so you're like not thrown into the fire when you get out like you know you know how to handle this thing we ask all of our guests this one question and i'm curious since we've been talking about tv for most of this episode cool. so we ask each of our guests what is the last great piece of theater that you saw and maybe why or screen or television I can, I can answer both. The last great piece of theater that I saw, I gotta go see more theater. I'm bad at that. Um, um, <laughs> a little busy. A little, a little busy. But uh, I think the last really, really great 
piece of theater I saw. I saw the Iceman Cometh with Denzel Washington. I thought it was very, very good. I think they could have. It would have. They would have done them some justice if they had cut a good amount. Of, that's a long. That's a five act play, man. That's five acts. And it's like, I don't care how good the acting is. And it was great. The acting was great. I have a friend who was in it who was very good in it. Um, it's great acting. I don't care how good it is, man. Like, after a while, like, exhausting. your butt hurts in those seats. <laughs> I don't care how great I just saw Harry Potter two weeks ago and uh, did both parts in one day. But honestly, I could have done, like, three parts in one day. Four pa- I could have kept going if they had more. There's I was a lot, so there's a lot of it. plays right now that are really long. Yeah, that are like, that are like three hours. Two parters are like two parters, and it's it's like it's like for me, it's like maybe I need to like get out of the TV world so, like, for a little bit because I'll, I'll be watching some plays. I'm like, oh my god, come on, you know. And it's because like a lot of it's dialogue driven, whereas like TV is action driven. It's like what's happening. It's but like, also, you know, TV is like is a lot shorter. It, it could be like you know a twenty minute episode or like a 40, 50 minute sure. episode. And whereas, whenever you want. Yeah. 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 You can stop it where you can't really be like, okay, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. I'm gonna stop you in the middle true, of the scene. True, 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 true. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away. I am. Um, imagine if they had like you can pause like live theater. I'm gonna use the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> I think right. that's what intermissions for. Oh yeah. Like, like mid like mid like but like mid thing. Mid monologue. Like, I might not have to go to the bathroom during intermission. Like in the mid monologue, like oh I forgot this Benny Jerry's in the fridge. Let me grab that real quick. All right, we're good. <laughs> um, no, but the but TV wise, TV wise, I think that one of the one of the best. Oh, um, right now, me and my girlfriend, we are we're binging The Sopranos, and like I was like, get ready for the prequel movie, oh, right? I was, I was it's, a pre- it's a prequel it. movie, right? It's getting shot. I'm trying yeah. to get seen for it. I don't yeah. want to get seen for that movie yeah. so bad. Um, are they shooting in Jersey? Yeah, they're shooting yeah. in Newark. It, the oh, movie's yeah, yeah, yeah. called Newark. Yeah. New tax break in Jersey mm-hmm. for, uh, Do, for entertainment. It has happened recently. Yes. All of this stuff is shooting in New Jersey now. Yeah. Like, they're shooting so much stuff in Jersey City, South Jersey. It happened recently. And, and as soon as it happened, like, they shot parts of uh, the new Joker, Joker in Newark. In Jersey, yeah, in yeah. Jersey City. Like, when he, like, there's the one scene where he's, like, rolling out. Like, it's, like, this huge, like, city hall scene where he's rolling out of the building. That's actual Jersey City yeah. City Hall. It's really cool. It's crazy. Um, but um, just stay living in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm stay living in New it's Jersey. Coming, it's coming to you now. Yeah, no, it's coming to me now, man. I don't know where. Um, but they got a huge. That's really cool. It's like a lot of a lot of stuff is being filmed in Jersey now. What are they saying? Sopranos. Um, oh, so I mean, I was when Sopranos ended 2007. I was like, it's like 16 going on 17, and uh, I didn't really like watch it that much. But like, I think any. I think I think Sopranos. I'm on. We just finished season four. Sopranos is the most influential television show of the past twenty years. That's a statement. It's a, it, it is the greatest television. I mean, I'm the greatest because like, but people might like. But I, you can't deny that its influence on this golden age of television is so. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have the Sopranos if you didn't have the Sopranos. You wouldn't have Breaking Bad. You wouldn't have Breaking Bad. You wouldn't have Mad Men. You wouldn't have, to an extent, Game of Thrones. You wouldn't have the huge boom of, like, great visceral television content on, like, Showtime or on Netflix or on HBO. Like, that that pushed the edge. You wouldn't have The Wire, which is an amazing television show. Um, you wouldn't have that without The Sopranos. The Sopranos really, really not even went to the edge. and went over the edge and what you can do in a television series. Nobody had done that before. And I think this is. A, I think if, if if you should give it a chance, anybody should give it a chance. It's like so developed and it's so nuanced and it's so layered 
and it's really really heartfelt and it's really fucked up sometimes and james gandolfini rip he's great on that show he's so good on that show he's like the first great like television anti-hero like no no tony soprano no walter white like absolutely like a guy who is like multi-layered and faceted who's a guy who's a good simple-minded little teacher who wanted to help his son end up becoming this evil motherfucker whereas like tony soprano does a lot of evil shit like a lot like he's he, you know he tries to get his his uncle killed he puts a hit out on his sister you know he's like dealing heroin to like kids in the hood but at the same time you know he's this mobster but he's taking his daughter to like college visits to see what be- was the best college for her and like you know tutoring his son who's getting d's in math like he's like this like you know this wholesomeness this duality that you see a lot in a lot of television anti-heroes but i don't think you had before that so tell i think yeah sopranos is the most influential television show of the past 20 years hands down nice yeah. that's a great answer yeah to the to the one question sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> no it's great no, okay. i mean i also love because obviously we haven't had someone to give perspective on tv and so mm. that's great yeah. to kind of see yeah. the balance I mean, and the like i think there are shows parallel. since then have been better like there's like you know like they've gone even further but um Which i think is just a natural yeah and can be said for almost any medium and the showrunner for sopranos david chase is the creator of mad men yeah, so like it's all that kind of trickles down. Well, thanks for giving us that pop culture lesson. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And thanks so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you, guys. It's Thank been you. so eye-opening. Oh, I mean, nice. I, I don't watch TV because I, I mean, I have, I only, I've never turned this on, this TV next to us, mm. but I, I stream everything when I can, and so it's it's cool to hear your perspective, so yeah. thank you. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Cool, cool, cool. We'll see you later. Later, guys. <laughs> Bye. Peace out. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheatre.org. That's theatre with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.